0: Have you ever been sitting with someone and they start to tell you what's going on in their lives and where they're at and they're beginning a really heartbreaking story and inside something inside you just goes, I wish I could be somewhere else. Hi, my is Mark. I'm one of the senior pastors here at West Wilts Vineyard and we are in this series about Kingdom Flip, about seeing things from a different perspective. The last four of these are all online during August and we're thinking about our hearts, about our love for people, for the world, for church. And um, this, the, today I'm going to be thinking about the least, about those around us who are struggling and our response to them. I don't know whether you remembered, but um, during the pandemic we had that whole clapping for the NHS thing if you were in the UK or you might have had something similar if you're watching in a different country. Uh, and initially we were really enthusiastic, but then as the as the weeks drew on we kind of you know, we, we, we got weary with, with clapping and, and encouraging those who were most valuable around us at that time. And maybe now, you you know, that compassion fatigue has, has extended to this kind of weird post-pandemic thing where you think, on one hand, you know, I, I just, I, I would love it if if all of the doctors and nurses got a pay rise, but but really, I don't want their pay rise to infect affect the price of my groceries. And really, what I want is I just want to be able to see the doctor when I want to see them, you know. There's there's a narrowing that happened after the pandemic, where we we instead of being kind of focused on others, we we, we became more and more focused on on us, uh, and you know that that rolls out not just for the NHS and for seeing those around us in the wider world, it rolls out to to how we are within a church, a Christian community, maybe there's just a little bit more within us that kind of wants church on our own terms so that I get fed and I get the things that I need in the way that I like them. And if I don't get those things, well, you know, I might get a bit more impatient with others. I might be a bit more willing to kind of draw back and maybe not just even not attend if it's tough or if it doesn't suit me. Or maybe even... There can be these little arguments that kind of come up between members of Christian communities where, you know, that that compassion fatigue has has just turned into something else. Well, in Luke chapter nine, Jesus um, picks up that his followers, his disciples are are having one of these kind of arguments. They're, They're arguing about which one of them would be the greatest and so Jesus, knowing their thoughts, that's an interesting line in itself, isn't it? That Jesus knows our thoughts. He's, he's with us so much, he knows what we think. We can't hide from him. And so he knows their thoughts. And what he does is he takes a child and he has the child stand beside him. And he says, look, whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me, that's the Father. And then he goes on to say, For whoever is the least among you will be the greatest. Whoever is the least among you will be the greatest. Jesus' perspective is always a kingdom flip. He always turns things around so that they are they are from the kingdom perspective rather than from the way that we see them. In another place, he's telling a story in the Bible. They're called parables. And this one's in Matthew chapter 20. And he, he tells this story about workers who go to a vineyard and and people are picked up from the market square at the beginning of the day and, and they're promised a day's wages and they go and work in the vineyard for, for this master. And then uh, some more workers were needed. Um, so some more people are picked up and, 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 and they're asked the question, well, what, you know, why are you still here? Well, no one, no one picked us up for work for the day. So they get on board as well and they go and work at the vineyard and, and they're promised the same wage. And at the end of the day, everyone gets paid. And the workers that were hired at the beginning of the day get their wage. And the workers who are hired at the end of the day, so they've done less work they also get the same wage. And, and and there's a tension here because there's a kingdom economy going on and there's a worldly economy and these two things clash. and And Jesus says in response to all of this, so the last will be first and the first will be last. In Jesus' kingdom, everything seems to be kind of turned on its head. It seems to be this kind of upside down kingdom where uh, the those who want to be the greatest will be the least and those who are the least will be the greatest and the last to first and the first to last what what's what's going on and 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 how does this affect how we are in that church community i started with that story of sitting next to someone and they start to tell you what's going on in their lives and there's a bit of you that just goes no i want to run away or maybe it's that you see someone who's in church or on the street and they're they haven't got as much as you have they're struggling materially and and you know in your heart that actually you're the one that day to help them to to be with them in whatever might be a appro- way might be appropriate but but at the same time you you pull back that compassion fatigue has kicked in i am um, I'd like to say that I'm a runner I'm I'm not really at much at the moment I I I like to go running more in my head but I I haven't done a lot of it recently but um, one of the reasons why why I stopped actually was my primary reason for running was trying to process a lot of the stress of ministry and former ministry kind of roles church leadership roles they were pretty stressed and pretty pressured to be honest and you know I was working a lot of hours and dealing with lots of different things that were coming at me at the time and, and so I would I would run in part to to process that stress and to pray and and God has done an amazing thing in the last 2 years in in our lives as a family you know he's brought us out into a spacious place He's he's renewed us. He's he's given us a, a new commission. He's recommissioned us into church leadership, which was, has been an amazing thing. But the joy of it is, is that it just doesn't come with as much stress. So, so actually, I, I found myself running less because I'm less stressed. But this has got some bad consequences. You know, it means that actually, uh, when you run, you burn quite a lot of calories. And I think probably I, I kept the same amount of food intake up and and also we've had a, a whole bunch of things that have uh, you know in and around kind of grief with parents over this last two years and, and and honestly one of my responses to that is is I really like to eat food and enjoy a glass of wine and and so those things if you add those things in but you don't do the running well that's not a great combination so I've been trying to get back into doing some more of the exercise and I went running the other day for the first time in a little while and and i just felt this kind of call to sort of go slow to take it easy to enjoy the running for what i got into it for which is just the joy of running of being outside in the fresh air seeing the countryside enjoying the views and as i run i i also tend to pray and a lot of that praying previously has been about processing stress and and I just felt myself as I was praying drawn into that kind of intimacy kind of prayer and and I'm I'm talking with Jesus about the state of my heart and I and I just I found myself kind of in my in my mind's eye holding out my heart and kind of going, Lord, this is you know, I'm carrying wounds here. Can can you do something about this? Can you heal me up? And I and I kind of I just felt him say it's like, no Mark, I, I'm not gonna do that. I was like, "But Lord, you're the one that heals me." And he said, and, it, and it, I just felt like he was saying, "No, Mark, I'm not going to heal your heart. I'm just going to give you a new one." And that, oh, that sense, that sense of God just renewing me right from the inside out as I was running was just. Immense the the kind of joy, the overflow of joy in my heart, and I was reminded of uh, these verses in Ezekiel chapter thirty-six. I will give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove your heart of stone, or I'll give you a heart of flesh. You know that alive with God heart, that beating heart, and it goes on to say that. As I put my spirit in you, I will move you to follow my decrees and keep my laws. I'll move you to follow my decrees and keep my laws. You know, as God renews our hearts, so he renews in us that desire to do things his way. And that includes seeing people from his perspective so that we no longer look around us with judgment with uh that kind of those eyes that put other people down and put them in their place whether they are the poor or the hurting or the marginalized or whatever may be and i was struck by these few thoughts about what the kingdom of god is like and i'm going to leave you with these and then i'm going to pray the first one is this it's that The kingdom of God, and this is his perspective, this is where we need a new heart, is for children, not just adults. And you know, sometimes what children do is they they run around and they make too much noise. and And you know, we need to deal with what's going on in us and get God's heart for the joy of a child receiving the kingdom a kingdom is for children not just for adults it's for women not just men and there's you know if there's some theology for you to do around that I'm quite happy to chat that through with you but I am utterly reconciled that the kingdom of God leadership is for women and not just men that it's for the weak and not just the powerful There's a lot of stuff going on in our culture at the moment about uh, the inappropriate use of power. And the church needs to be a leader on this in holding up and making space for the weak and the voiceless, not just the powerful and the articulate. And it's a place for the poor, not just the rich. You see, what happens at the cross is we all have to experience the same grace, the same forgiveness. We come to receive from our loving Heavenly Father who comes and he says, You know, it's not about your position, it's not about your power, it's not about your sex, it's not about whether you're an adult or a child, it's not about whether you're rich or poor. It's simply about this Do you choose to identify Jesus as King, as God? and receive forgiveness of your sins because if you do that you have to come as a child you have to come as someone who's weak you have to come as someone who's poor and receive from him everything that he has in his kingdom the last are the first and the least are the greatest but if we're to truly understand this it's not about headwork; it's about God transforming our hearts, giving us new hearts, hearts of flesh, not of stone, so that we respond to him from the inside out. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that we as a community would catch a vision, a kingdom flip vision for the way that God sees each and every one of us. Holy Spirit come and fill us afresh give us new hearts that we would see those around us with your heart with your eyes that we would we would value children and women and the weak and the poor and the last and the least and Holy Spirit where we have compassion fatigue where we've retreated and are looking out for ourselves rather than others. Lord, come and heal us. Come and give us new hearts that we would see as you see and live as you live for the sake of your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.